We're ready. We're ready. Let's do it. What, what can I say? What can I? What Jen, can I are say? you saying? Are you saying we're on the air, Jaron? Jen? Uh, I'm not saying it yet, but I, I think it's up to Zoom and Newman, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Let's hear while everybody- and we're on the air, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Good distortion. Perfect. You know. I used to dream about that kind of stuff when I went to a concert at night, you know? All right. We're on <laughs> the air. And then Lenny Kravitz made it a The good old days of concerts. Oh, it. man, would I like to go to a concert right now? You know, I just, uh, you know, I just can't even believe that uh, the last time I went to a concert, um, it's just, uh, it's staggering. But then I guess we're all in this, we're all in the same boat. So let me just welcome everybody. Welcome everybody to the Sound Broker Mastermind Roundtable, where we discuss what's going on in the world today and how we can survive these terrible times until we get uh, through the COVID. Basically, that's it. Tick tips, tricks, whatever we have, uh, ideas, what people are doing, how people are making money, how they're not making money. Uh, but we're here as a support group for one another to make sure that everybody can survive these tough times and what we could do to help everybody do that in the system through the tough times. Also, I just want to remind you that if you like this, give it the thumbs up. If you don't like it, give it the thumbs up. Doesn't matter. Just give it a thumbs up and share it. Remember, we stream every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Um, Las Vegas time uh, to YouTube and Facebook. But here we go live on Zoom. So if you want to be part of this, all you got to do is send me an email or DM me and we'll send you the link or anybody on the panel that you know will send you a link. So please share it with your friends. And the other thing I will say is that, you know, everybody, everybody has their own opinion. And opinions, you know, what, what do they say? What are opinions like? Opinions are like asshole because everybody's got one and they all stink, right? You know, that's, that's it, you know, except for me, I've got two. Uh, and they, they are smelly. But the reality is, is this, is that everything that was said is an opinion. If you don't like it, too bad. That's all there is to it. And I, 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 we, that's why we're here to discuss everything. So with that in mind, um, hey, welcome everybody to uh, the Mastermind. So Ken Newman, you uh, are a famous. I ran out of time. Now. I ran out of time. Ran out of time. Sorry, time to go. We got to go. Ken, you're a famous. You're a famous star now. Well, you know uh, <laughs> these these crazy kids. They wanted to hear what I had to say on their Signal to Noise podcast, so I answered a couple questions for them, and it was pretty funny. Yeah, I can't wait to listen to it myself. So, what is there? Any is there anything? Is there any? No, no. I gave no. away all my secrets. Uh, you know, anybody could take over the Barry Manilow gig now. I told told the world everything I know about doing the Barry Manilow gig. Told people what everything I know about starting out in 1972 and building your own mixers and stuff, and and then uh, also where I like to eat uh, when when I'm on the road. And then, is there anything <laughs> else, Jan? There really isn't I'm anything else. And what you like to eat, or just uh, what you where you eat? Just where? Uh, very, very good, very good. Well, that's really good. I'm, um, you know, Chris. It's Chris. His name is Chris Leonard. Is that right? Chris, Chris Leonard, yeah, and Michael uh, Lawrence. Michael Lawrence from uh, Rational Acoustics. Right. Well, there are a lot of there are a lot of podcasts right now, and there's a lot of Zoom meetings and a lot of shows. And what I'm finding out is a lot of people get Zoom burnout. You know. And I think the Zoom burnout comes because people are trying to put too much into their minds rather than letting people share what's on their mind. And here, 
I want you to share what's on your mind. So we open it up. If anybody has anything to say, you don't have to raise your hand. You just have to talk out and, and hopefully that you will do it in such a manner that it doesn't overshadow what somebody else is saying, you know, and, and so, you know, but I try to make it humorous. I try to make it go fast and we try to put in a bunch of news. Oh my God, I got to stop the show. Stop the show, everybody. We've got George Arante. All right, George, it's 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 good to Sorry, see you. Dan. I mean, if, <laughs> if if anyone doesn't know who he is, if you, has anyone in the room heard of the Miami Heat? Anybody? Anybody going once? Did you, George? Have you heard of it? Uh, once or twice. <laughs> and the and, and the beautiful building that they are in, the beautiful building. And George, what is? Tell everybody what is your title over there. I'm the manager of the sound for the building. So I design, program, install, maintain uh, mm -hmm. pretty much anything having to do with the audio in the building. That's very, very good. What, very what good. building is it? What's the name of that building? Uh, American Airlines Arena. In oh, Miami. Yeah. Downtown Miami. Miami. Yeah. That's a good gig, right? To have a, a house gig uh, at an arena? I, I've come to the conclusion I have to murder someone for them to get rid of me. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that's, well, a, that's a good place to be, especially around now. <laughs> it is Miami, so just, you know, wait a few days. Somebody will make an offer. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you know how that goes. <laughs> as long as the right wow. deal is there. Have now, you lived you in Miami for a long time, or did you move there for that gig? Uh, no, I've lived here. I've lived here since I was a kid, uh, originally from New York. Um, so, uh, But I've been there since the inception of the building. They, they brought me in to fix the sound system that they had just bought, which was a mess and antiquated and just, it was just wrong. So typical, uh, typical taken, that these. Yeah, when you have a bunch of executives saying, signing off on things, and then you start looking through the gear and you find amplifiers not hooked up to anything. It's been going on for decades. I mean, that's that, I remember that happening in Atlantic City and Vegas in the seventies. Who was, who was the contractor? Um, uh, let me see, uh, ProSound did install. I believe it was a contractor out of Orlando who died directly after that gig. Oh, um, they completely just was it suspicious at all? Out. No, not at all. <laughs> okay, good. Well, so because, because you know, Actually, was, there was probably people. there was probably a consultant, right? The consultant is the guy that really does the designing of the sound system. Uh, right? Yeah, that was WH, WJHW, I think is who they are. Yeah, that they were useless, useless to me. They uh, there you go. Uh, I went in there. I'm like going. I want to get rid of this. I need you know. Hey, tell hey, me what hey, it is. Hey, hey, there, there's a consultant in the room, Mr. Newman. If you is don't that mind. what you are? You're a consultant, Mike. Typical. Nothing against consultants. Uh, just, I have everything against uh, consultants. Every consultant design sound system I've ever ever encountered has been subpar and outdated and oddly designed. Sorry. Every front of house guy I've ever met swears he knows more about sound than anyone else in the world. That's true. Well, isn't that true? <laughs> well, isn't that true? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but... They do. Yeah, hey, no, these that? guys had installed speakers from um, from EAW that couldn't even develop till about 100, 150 feet, and they were just hitting the wall at 90-something feet. It was just absolutely, it was like an upside down Christmas tree of old 70s cabinets. It was just completely wrong. Now, what rig so, do you have in there now? What what rig is in there in the building now? Right now, we changed out a couple of years ago since we have a partnership with uh, Das Audio. 
Um, we changed out. We had put in Apogees originally, and um, and then we changed them out. And now we're using the uh, what are they? The Aero Forties. Aero Forties. I think we've got a hundred and it's like one hundred forty-eight cabinets in total that we put in. We got sixteen double uh, double eighteen subs. Um, 16, 20, 30, 40, uh, like 60-something uh, full-range packs. Everything running off lab grouping because I need – I have Dante in the building. I've, I've spent years building that without them knowing so that <laughs> I didn't have to ask for millions of dollars. I just said I need 100000 here. I need 100000 there. And after a few years, I have a full Dante system in the whole building that I can control from anywhere in the world. Plus, so, you didn't uh, have to get IT involved. Actually, I did. I, I did have to, but and it was a three months of growing pains. If you've ever heard a switch um, refresh, it has a wonderful sound. <laughs> you know, so I would just turn on the system going, I'm feeling confident it's going to work today. Then all of a sudden, and we have a game that day, all of a sudden I'm hearing this weird noise. And I go, and we go right back to analog again. So, but I never got rid of analog and I still have analog just in case. They never notice when something, it's only, I think it's only switched over like three times in the two years I've had the analog in. So uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it works fantastic. Yeah. The big bugaboo now with Dante is making sure that the switches that are specced aren't what they call green switches. Yeah. <laughs> green switches. Triple E. Go to sleep <laughs> after a while. Yes. Right. No, no. These are all Juniper switches, which are not, have not been tested with Dante anywhere. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, and that's why I had Juniper, I had uh, the people from Audinate, I had the people from Lake Lab Group and everybody involved troubleshooting when we, when we were uh, building this whole thing because the whole building network had to be, re had, that VLAN had to be redone for me. So um, QoS had to be changed. I mean, everything. They were running the whole building, it turns out, in maintenance mode. And that was a big problem. <laughs> Once they switched it over to let's use it mode, then we were good. You know, but uh, but ever since then, they've been they've been fantastic. They've been fantastic. So anytime I need a port anywhere, they set it up. It works flawlessly. Uh, I've been very lucky, and I've got over eighty devices in there now, and I'm about to add a bunch more for to be able to do the games, the games with no fans. I have to create the bubble crowd noise. So uh, so I'm bringing an extra line array to just sit in one of the concourse levels and just feed them all over the place and it's multi-channels coming from firehouses bringing in the system that they use and um there's like 12 channels going out that just gets dispersed all over between the the clusters that i have in and the small clusters i'm, I'm putting up it's going to be are you using one of the can systems for that or are you making it uh no no we're using what firehouse has oh okay it's what the yeah it's what the end because there's the what they have it's the sounds are layered and the QLab does not send out the same sound, and it sends it out to different to different stacks, so you never hear the same crowd hearing saying the same thing in, from the same area. Yeah, try to make me, it as realistic as possible. Let me just and interject. It's just random the way it's. Let me just interject about Firehouse. Why uh, Firehouse did the bubble in Orlando for the NBA? That's then, and that would be one of the reasons right. why. That's how. Right? Am I correct? That's correct. They actually built those sounds while the games were going. They realized that it was a learning process, obviously. They realized that just having a murmur wasn't working. And they had to they had to, to tweak the audio that they were that they were take that they were stealing, which a lot of it came from NBA video games. 
and they had to get rid of the little the little squeaks from the sneakers and everything because if everyone's standing still, all of a sudden you're hearing squeak, squeak, squeak. It just didn't look right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they actually they actually went to town with that. They've got they've got a ton of clips now, and uh, it's going to be really interesting to hear them. The interesting thing is, and I don't know if they figured this out yet, is like, so the crowd's cheering, right? Because, you know, they're, they're on the paint, they're ready to shoot. And then all of a sudden somebody steals the ball, but they're now, they got the crowd noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then they can't and, switch. And there's a guy specifically the, oh. for that. There's one guy <laughs> that's just regular noise going on and another guy that's specifically crowd response. That's all he does. <laughs> He's got a computer and it's, that's all he does. He's the guy that he had. They have boo, boo refs. They have everything. The only thing what's I told them they need to. Try, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to ask, what's that guy's position called? Is he sweetening, you know, certain kind of sweetening it's, it's, or something? Yeah, basically, they're basically two sweeteners is what we have there. That, that's oh, what that's what uh, they're going to be training some guys that we have at the arena and everything specifically for that. That's what the, that's that's what their position is. How and, interesting. Um, yeah, no, it's going to be. I, I wasn't able to go to the bubble. Because uh, I had to take care of what was going on here, but uh, uh, some of the people that went said that it was really impressive how they did it, and they had a much nicer sound system that they brought in. They brought JBLs and everything just for crowd noise, um, and we don't have that option. We're, we're actually gonna our arena is gonna be the one that's most the, the most complicated setup for this. A lot of arenas aren't even bothering; they're just putting a background bed of. <laughs> so how, how much longer do you anticipate that we'll be doing uh, sporting events with no fans? We are hoping that this, that, that we won't be more than a month. That's what we're, that's what we're really, that, that's what the NBA and what obviously all the arenas are hopeful at this point, since we're starting and, and the games are going to be like back to back. Uh, we've got a game on the 29th, a game on the 30th. They're, it's not gonna, they're not going to have the, the amount of time in between games. We aren't either. Um, so it's just everything's being compacted into a very sh- small season. So they're hoping to get people in at least 25% at a certain point, hit 50. By the time we hit 50 is when we're going to get rid of this extra rig because uh, Cubans are really loud. <laughs> wow now, very interesting and you and you're and they're sort of hoping for being at 50 percent. what in in february they're hoping for february yeah they're hoping for february very i mean good, obviously if, you know if all the mystery viruses uh, antiviruses work and everything else then you know this is a day-to-day thing we actually just got the confidential schedule today and that that's not even been put out yet and that could change that okay. could change. It all depends on what, as long as the teams do what they're supposed to do and nobody starts screaming COVID is fake and then all of a sudden they have COVID, which is how we all went home to begin with. Right. Um, you know, they do their part. We, we're, we're here to do our part. Do you know if they're working on anything with instant testing, rapid testing or, or vaccines? Have they, have they, has anybody said anything to you regarding, well, uh, once the vaccine comes out, it's going to be mandatory before you have a ticket that you're going to have to have a vaccine. And then when you get here, there's going to be rapid testing. Are they doing anything like that? Is there any talk about that? Like there is for concerts right now? What the arena is bringing in are dogs. This is what I was told. And I actually saw them yesterday dogs that will be that that supposedly can detect if somebody's sick that's right that's the same face i had <laughs> so uh, <laughs> exactly i'm like going i didn't know there was a smell to this but but like we just did latin grammys with no crowd either 
and they were testing every five days. They had people there testing on site and you found out 24 hours later that I, I was tested in the two weeks that I, that I had to do that show. I was tested, what, four times? So, um, and they just send you an email and then you're, you're good to go. Uh, at U University of Miami, I do some work there as well. Um, they, they test you right there when you walk in and then you have to go to an app and once you have the app information filled out showing that you've been tested, you show that around to let everybody know you can walk into buildings. So they're making it as, as timely as possible. But um, it's still four or five days. Every four or five days, people had to get checked. And I mean, I was in the military, so I was going to Southern Command to begin with, getting tested when this whole thing started because I have to deal with older parents. So uh, I've been tested a, a thousand times. So, but that's what they're, they're, what they're looking at is, is right now the dogs, temperature checks. Uh, that's pretty much where they're at. Mm -hmm. It's cool. I'm yeah. interested to see what happens with the dogs. Now you're in Miami. Chris Carlton's in Miami as well. Do you guys know each other by any yeah. chance? Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Do you go sailing together? I, I, Does he ever let you anywhere near his boat? No, I don't go near his boat. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I live on the beach. I don't need his boat. <laughs> so, George, do you also provide sound system for, like, let's say there's a you know graduation at your uh, facility? Do you do you provide the sound system for that if they ask you to? Um, we could, and uh, if there have been times where some shows like WWE had gone in there bare bones, and they use our sound, our lights, everything. Um, back then, when when uh, the first the first few times they came in. It was a much smaller system or the old system that was a disaster. But with this new system I have in there now, I could I could do a 360 degree show easily. I have I haven't even I haven't even hit 20 percent on that on the amps on that system. I have a lot of a, a lot of headroom, lots of headroom. The, the, the mixer works in green the whole time. Uh, I mean, but and, but I mean, and, the uh, like a typical setup for a like, say, a graduation would be proscenium, not 360. So is your do you have a portable sound system that you can use and just fly left and right or what we have? We have some we have some, but the building doesn't really doesn't really. Um, we have a bunch of speakers that we put on sticks, you know, but uh, anything, anything like that, we try to get them to use. To, to use a company if, if it doesn't fit the, the configuration we have. And then, because and then what our, do you do? Yeah. You know, what's your role then when you when a company comes in to do sound for an event? Well, I'm, I'm the, I'm the point person for any connections they have to do in the building. Uh, since uh, uh, a lot of them come in, if, if they're analog, I, I convert them over to Dante so that I can throw their signal anywhere we need either that, or we just take embedded audio from their video and um, I have I have uh, embedded the embedder cards from Yamaha that I use, and uh, and I just steal the signals from there. So and you're there cards, no matter what. Any event really is happening. Any any events happening in the building, you're there. I'm guessing. Um, I'd say at this point, like sixty percent of the time, because yeah, I have okay. my guys trained so that yeah, oh, I okay. have my guys trained to to uh, to handle these things. If they are in an absolute pinch. They call me and I log in from my home or from anywhere and I can look at anything. Very cool. Hey, we got, yeah, a, no, we got a question on Facebook, something, and it says, by four different dogs, that's one question. And the other one was, did the $3 million go through? I don't know what either one of those questions mean, but you know, I'll throw it up to the room. <laughs> oh, I, I just read the story on the dogs. 
and it is a German study where they took some military canines and trained them to detect the smell of COVID-19. And they were 94% effective in testing. And it only took a week to train them, probably because they were previously trained. You know, they were already trained as detection animals in the first place, but it took a week, uh, eight dogs, trained them for a week. And upon testing, 94% success rate. Am I the only That's one better that thinks than it's a lot ironic of the... that you, you lose your smell, but they can sense it with smell dogs? Yeah, that's funny, huh? But that's interesting. And so it's instant, right, Mike? I mean, I would imagine they just, they yeah, smell you yeah, and you, they know. Like you see on the cop shows, the dog sits down, you know, they give, they have their tell. Yeah, same thing. As soon as they smell it, they give their tell and boom, you've got COVID. And you're Sweet out of there. Test. You're not allowed in the building or something, right? Yeah, well, then that the other is... dog eats you. That's my question. <laughs> In our case, in our case, they will just tell you, "I'm sorry, but you can't come in." Plain and simple. There's no, there's no gray, gray area in this. Is there, so is there a retest? I mean, for for possible, possible, uh, what's it called? Erroneous positives. You're gonna argue with a dog? I guess so. I mean, wouldn't you if you if she said, "I feel fine. There's nothing wrong with me. I don't have a fever. I don't have this. I don't have that." The dog thinks I have COVID. I want to work, you know, I want to, whatever, I want to go to the event or whatever it is well, you're trying to go yeah. in the building for. That's woof, they bring woof. That retest, is, is that, that's, that's, I'm curious to see what happens as well, because we haven't seen any of this yet. Um, I just saw them roaming around the building. I guess they were showing them the build, showing the dogs, the building or something. So they felt comfortable. Yeah. But, um, but I, uh, I haven't seen it in action yet. And I'm very curious to see what they do. Yeah. Maybe you yeah, get different dogs. Very, like, very interesting. It's almost like getting a pet scan. You know what I mean? <laughs> Bum -bum. He shoots, yeah. he scores. We've been using dogs for years now for medical diagnosis, especially in the ADA world. Uh, so this is something that's not unusual. They, they hit on a certain hormone or certain sense that comes out and they, they train it. I mean, we're using dogs now to predict uh, up to five minutes before an epileptic seizure happens. They can sense the minor changes out there. Mm. Five minutes, five minutes, that can make all the difference. Save somebody's yeah. life, right? Yeah, and the owners of a dog that uh, has that has the epileptic dogs, uh, they know to get on the ground when the dog reacts and then yell for somebody to come and help them. Oh, that is so cool. Dogs wow. are amazing, right? Mm. And I know dogs, I, I read something about a year ago now that dogs can also sense when someone is close to dying naturally. Dogs are amazing. Dogs, dogs have like, they have a seventh sense. Just, you know, they can sense a lot more things than humans. That's for damn sure. And what, dogs, what's the statistic about their sense, a sense of smell? It's like, you know, a hundred thousand times the human smell or something. Yeah. I mean, I really friend. dogs, dogs could tell by, the, by their scent. Get, get, get right. Um, I have a friend who had a small child. It was like three that had diabetes and the dog could sense when his blood sugar would drop. And that, that boggles my mind too. Well, they say dogs are man's best friend. That's because dogs don't talk. Believe me, that's why it's man's best friend. I'm telling you, <laughs> if dogs could talk, there would be a bounty on every, there wouldn't be a dog around. There would be it. There would be, um, you know, they would be hiding in in the woods you know and, okay jan it's not that they the don't dogs actually talk. we have to listen the dogs are there talking yeah. to you you're just not hearing them 
you know, but I have a lot of respect for dogs because they are so intuitive, you know, especially in the romance, the romance cycle, you know, a, you know, as, as a single guy, I have to whine him and dine him and take him out. You know, a dog, one sniff of the ass, ah, she's for me. You know, that's it. That's, that's, that, I wish I could get that, that skill down, but oh well. Back to, uh, back to the lingerie show. Um, what's going well, on so, over there? So I know that, Jan, you like dogs so much that look, look at that, uh, that logo of yours. It's a dog, right? Isn't yes, that that's lucky? Right. Isn't that lucky? That was See? that was lucky, and uh, yeah. yes, uh, yeah. He, you know, I, I love that dog, and I would take him everywhere. But I could never convince any of the restaurants that I was going in that that was an asthma dog. You know, and so you, you know. But nowadays, I guess you could get away with that. You know. You know, I just I just read today that airlines, or I should say FAA or DOT or somebody, is now considering emotional dogs or emotional helper dogs are no longer, you know, assistant dogs, just like like a. Like the handicap dogs, they're the emotional helper dogs are no longer under the same category as uh, the service rest animals. of the. Uh, service Somebody animals. tried to Thank take you. one too many peacocks on a plane. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> Probably so. Yeah, miniature horses. Don't laugh. I tried to take so a miniature, miniature horse on a plane. Are allowed, but <laughs> about five years. Seriously? Uh, yes. yes, miniature horses are allowed as an, a uh, service animal. There's a difference between service animals and emotional support animals. Right. There you go. That's what I was looking for. Thank you. Horses are basically like giant dogs. So that makes sense. So the the miniature horses were allowed in the standards uh, because for people that had large reactions to dog dander. So that's the exception was the reason that they were put in there was so it needed a service dog, but the dander caused you another issue. So they allowed the service dogs in there. but there's also, Ken, you're getting, you're getting in an area that will get me really riled up because there's a difference between Department of Transportation, what's allowed on the airplanes versus what's allowed under the American Disabilities Act in the airport concourse. So there's two different things that are floating back and forth there, too. Well, and this specifically was speaking to companion animals for emotional support, not for service animals under the ADA, which yeah. are different things. Yeah, it does. It does get a little confusing. About five years ago, the company no, actually probably seven or eight years ago. Now that I think about it, the company I was working for, I was general manager. We hired a, a new technician. Um, he was a little quirky, but we needed a computer guy specifically, and he was very good at computers. Good interviews, you know, good record, you know, young guy knew his stuff. Shows up the work the first day of, of work work once we've hired him with a cat, uh, a, a big white cat, totally like uh, like Blofeld's cat out of the uh, James Bond movies, and he's holding him that way too, and he's holding him and he's petting him, and we're like, what's with the cat? He's like, well, this is my emotional support cat, and and I get to bring him to work, and I said, well. You, you needed to tell us that up front. And he was like, no, I, I, I'm not required to tell you. And I said, I get, I get that you're not required to tell me, but the problem is we had a lot at the time, we did a lot of work with um, fast casual, two, two particular fast casual uh, restaurant chains. Um, so we were in their kitchens a lot because the manager's office was off the kitchen and that's where the head end was for surveillance and AV and everything else. So I said, you can't, you can't take a cat in a kitchen especially a long haired cat. And I said, what are you gonna do when you're climbing up and down the ladder? He's like, oh, well, you know, I, I, so you're just gonna have to accommodate that. And I said, well, no, actually we, we don't have to. 
Um, he said, well, I'm, I, you know, if you're firing me, then I'm going to file a complaint. And I said, I'm not firing you, but I'm going to have to reassign you to a different job and it'll be at a lower pay rate because the only other thing we had open was warehouse work. So he filed a complaint and we got called by the Nevada board and all this and all that. And, and the lady was like, it's very clear, sir, under the ADA, that if, if that's his emotional support animal, then you have to let him use it. And I said, if, but only if he was honest about it in the first place, number one, and number two, if it works with the job description. And she said, well, he said he's a computer technician. I said, well, he is sort of, but it's on the site, in kitchens, in restaurants. And as soon as I said in restaurants, her face got white. She went, oh, hold on one second, please. Gets on the phone, comes back two minutes later. Okay, never mind. Case dismissed. You can do as you wish with him. Have a good day. <laughs> you know, he should have wore it as a hat. You know, That's a great story, Mike. You, you need to write that down. That's great. I can see Byron shaking his head over here too. It's the difference, you know, the ADA is, is, is ambiguous and is deliberately ambiguous in some regards uh, because it's so impossible to, to create a very specific list of what it absolutely covers. But the differentiating factor is it has to be a disability that's that, that the worker is requesting accommodation for. And merely claiming that that's an emotional support animal is not a disability. And that's, that's one of the key factors here. Uh, it's and, so lack of emotional support is not considered a disability. So that's a very, I mean, lack of break. emotional stability, I guess you'd call it. Well, lack of there, emotional there, there, something. No, and, and Byron's got some stuff I know he's going to say here. And I, and I agree with what he's about to say. I know where he's going with this. So, so, I mean, it's a very fine gray line between emotional support and um, a, a, a disability service animal. And um, this is what I currently am making my money from doing is I'm dealing with this stuff on a daily basis as a consultant for the ADA. But um, emotional support is not covered under the standards of the Americans with Disability Act. And part of the reason that they redefined in 2010 that it was a service dog or a service miniature horse was there was a bus in Los Angeles that they did a case study before the Department of Justice. And they said, what's the answer when somebody has their service chicken, their service cat, service snake and service mouse all on the same bus? And the guy said, don't make up stuff. And he said, no, this actually happened on a bus in Los Angeles. And who had precedence? And that was what got the wheels moving forward to restricting it to the two animals. Oh, oh wait, and, so it was, it was four different people, each with their own unique service animal? That it sounds correct. like dinner time for the snake. Yes. Yeah, wasn't there a movie like that, Snakes on a Plane? That's it. <laughs> but... But when you go back, emotional support is covered and it's protected, but it, it doesn't give you the guaranteed rights in a workplace facility uh, up front. And so there, there, there is a difference between emotional support and service animals and how they are treated under the federal law. Mm -hmm. Now, my question is, my question is, is, th is there such a thing as a honey badger uh, service animal or comfort pet like the honey badger that would be the that would be the ultimate pet to have the honey badger 
If you guys aren't familiar with me, you should Google Honey Badger. It's amazing. It's a great, it's a great video about the most powerful animal. They have no fear. Honey badgers have no fear whatsoever. Uh, I didn't, I don't know if you knew that, but they don't have any fear. Anyway, a lot like us. Kind of like, like you, huh? Well, I have plenty of fears. Believe me, I have plenty of fears. But the reality is, is right now, just like us, we're going through it. And we're going through, you know, this unbelievably tough time. But there are things we could laugh about. And we have some, we, there are some ideas that we can, we, we can do. Um, I have a question for you, George, in regards, uh, are they, are they doing any concessions? Or when people go to see the games, do they, how do they get their food or, or beers or, or anything along those lines? How does that work? Well, for the time being now, obviously there aren't, there are going to be no concessions, but um, once they start, we have a, we have our own in the IT department, we have our own guys programming that, that build our own apps. And so we already have a heat app that they're going to be including um, like a virtual order thing, kind of like they have in the theme parks. So once your order is ready, your app will, will ding or whatever it does. And then you go and you pick up your food. And there's going to be one person just handing out the food, gloves, face masks, the whole, not just, not just the face mask, but the shield also. So um, they're, believe me, they are trying to be, they're, they're going to be as careful as possible with that. But uh, that's something that they still, the IT guys are still working on and hopefully they'll have it by January. Because uh, we, they're really hoping to get at least the 25% in by January. No, oh, that would be great. That would, that would, you know, and hopefully that it'll be safe and, uh, and sound, you know, about that, you know, um, well, not, even not, during, the, even during the restart, they, I mean, everybody had to sit, you know, six, eight feet apart from each other. They have designated eating areas for everyone that's working. Um, bottles were separated literally by four or five inches a piece in the refrigerators. So nobody would touch anything. They have, you know, sanitizers everywhere for everybody to constantly, you know, clean their hands. Um, they've been on top. This that is that is the prime thing for them. Imagine the owner. The owner of the heat is the owner of Carnival Cruise Line. He doesn't want anybody to get hurt at all. And they're being very careful about everything, especially under his order. Yeah. Uh, George, is that city of Miami? You're correct. That, that, that arena is city of Miami, right? Yes. Yeah. So, but so right now Jimenez is dictating what happens there and what can happen there. Correct. Um, more or less, we rent the and, building. And, and he tested <laughs> positive. We rent last the week. building for City of Miami, and they give us some guidelines. But this is our organization is the one that's putting down all these protocols. They're following CDC. Every they're following the scientists to um to make sure that everybody is safe. And uh, city of Miami, I haven't really, I haven't seen any emails coming from them at all. Okay, uh, so there's nobody there from the city of Miami looking at what's going on. Not, not that I'm aware of, no. But cool. we have a risk management. Uh, we have a gentleman from risk management, and he obviously is he's the liaison between the city and us. So right. he's anything, anything that's going on, he's reciprocating to them, and they're right. they're repeating, you know, they're, and they're you know checking with him. And so just to make sure that everybody's on the same page. So, you know, with this last election, we have both our outgoing mayor and our incoming mayor both positive right now. I know. Isn't that ironic? Normally, <laughs> that would be a good thing for somebody to be positive in the way they think. But with COVID, it's a negative. I, it, I, I got it. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So, so I think that's probably why, uh, I, I, seriously, the, 
all the emails that have been going through the building all only correspond to us. And that's from our organization, from the president on down, from the owner on down. Yeah. Wow. Do you have a COVID compliance officer on site or officers? Good question. Mm, not that I'm aware of, no. I mean, Nobody I, I comes around in, and makes sure in. you're wearing your mask or gloves or well, whatever. Well, we, we, are, we are less than a skeleton crew in there. Everybody goes in on, on off days. I don't go in unless I absolutely have to do something, physically do something there. Otherwise, I monitor everything from home and uh, emails and everything else, just like, you know, Zoom meetings, so on and so forth. So only if you absolutely have to be in the building at this point, are you in the building? You have to, you have to go through a process on a, on, a, on a site that they built to get an approval to go in, tell them what time we're going in, so that if you're not there at that time, you're not getting into the building. It's being, it's being, they, they are very strict about this. And this is how they can keep tabs of who is there, who is not there. So that way, if somebody does get something, they know exactly who to, who to talk to about getting themselves checked and quarantining them further for the two weeks. Yeah. So most other venues are shut down in the city still, with the exception of sports facilities that also lead into entertainment facilities when it's stuff like the Latin Grammys or uh, I guess they did something up at uh, Hard Rock up in uh, Hollywood as well. Um, but, you know, our center and all those, I guess, are I, I think they opened our center recently, right? Um, I believe I saw some movement around there. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So and we're we're, we're going to be getting premios in there soon, uh, I think yeah. in February. We're going to be doing premio. Uh, it's an award show, a Latin, a Latin, uh, a Latin right, station Univision. award. Exactly, and so um, we're going to be doing them in February. Uh, I think they pushed off another event that we do there every year, which is Market America. Yeah, but, um, but Univision is just going to come in like Latin Grammys and only have crew and talent, no audience. As far as we know, that's all that's yeah. happening. Exactly, yeah. they took over the entire the entire floor of the bowl. They just made a really huge stage. It was. It worked out for them. For television, it worked out. Yeah. So usually the um, the Miami City Ballet is in several locations at this time of the year doing their annual Nutcracker Suite, uh, Balanchine uh, production, and so they're moving the whole thing to Doral Park and setting it up in the using this huge 250 by 150 foot space for maybe 700 people and setting up for a two week run over there. It's open air, so that's how they're doing it. And luckily it's gonna be, you know, 60 or 70 degrees outside, so. Well, that's, that, that works, that's nice. Yeah. Now in Florida right now, yeah, I got two, we got two people in the room in Florida. What is your COVID, what is your COVID productivity rate over there? Um, I think we hit a million yesterday, didn't we? God bless you. I believe so. Yeah, hey, you got to a million. No, that's bad, man. That sucks. You know, yeah, no. we here in, in Las Vegas right now, we're in, in Nevada. We're over 17%. That was just two days ago, 17% of contagious rate. That would mean that almost one in every five people here in Nevada have it. And they're saying in, they're saying here in Nevada, someone gets a case every minute and every two hours, someone with COVID is dying. That's just here in Nevada. And then of course, you know, what's going on in the, the United States, they say now every minute somebody is dying. 
it's unbelievably frightening to me that that as a country we're not pulling together right now to saying hey masks work and everybody should be wearing a mask um there was somebody on tv for i think from kansas and they were they were saying that they were looking at and they were against masks until they saw that the populations of the cities that were wearing masks the count was going down and the counties were going up that weren't wearing masks so now he is out there saying wear a mask and that's you know with the vaccine the, now the vaccine they just said that one of the vaccines is going to be issued in england any minute now and yeah pfizer's like, got the approval this morning they did get the approval what about yeah here from, the, from the uk what about here from anybody know about what's going on here in the united states the 10th is the date that's amazing you know that's amazing you know one thing also, you know, talking about money, you know, because Michael Strickland, Kenny, you got that letter handy? Uh, yeah, but I don't understand it at all. But did you guys get, do you, are you guys on the uh, Michael Strickland uh, mailing list? Yeah. And he says yeah, and you this the morning. Petition on board, right? You saw uh, the well, that, the petition was the latest thing, but then this I'm letter that I got there. the other day, I sort of don't understand. It says this morning, a bipartisan bicameral across the Senate and House group, the Problem Solvers Caucus, revealed another proposal for a relief package to be passed in December. This is not a bill, but rather a suggested framework that all 50 legislators agree on. Leadership on both sides rejected it, attached as a view of what was proposed. And then it says Senator Mitch McConnell said a must-pass spending bill and pandemic relief provisions will all likely come in one package. Congress yeah. needs to approve funding legislation by December 11th to avoid a government shutdown. Yeah, so and, basically, you know, it goes on and means, on and talks about that. So okay, so basically, what that means is Pelosi and McConnell don't like that, but there is a, finally there's a group of bipartisan senators and Congress people that realize the need of what you know what has to be done, and right now they cut that they. Uh, Joe Manchin is the one who Joe Manchin was was the guy that was the author of the bill with Susan Collins. And basically, they're taking money from one place and putting it into the other that was already there. But it ain't going to happen right now. That's that's at a standstill. But what Michael sent out this today is a letter from from Howard, um, Howard Schultz. And basically, there's a call to action. It's a letter from, you know, basically, we need money. I mean, that's really all what it's about, is that we need money, we need Congress to act. Now, I don't know about other municipalities, but here in Clark County, in Nevada, uh, and Mike, Mike Brown, you might know a little more about this than I do, but they just issued a grant that every business here, small business, is entitled to apply for a grant for $10,000. Uh, are you familiar with that? I guess he's not. Otherwise, he would have said something. So anyway, yeah, that's that's happening here. Sorry. And- yes, I am. I was on a different screen. Um, oh, go ahead. Yeah. So you know, every state got a bunch of uh, money from the CARES Act, and then each state has then sent it, let some of it trickle downstream to counties and cities and towns and whatnot to do with as they see fit. Uh, I did. You know, so city. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Southern Nevada, most of what you think is Las Vegas is actually not in Las Vegas at all. It's unincorporated Clark County. Um, so the city of Las Vegas, city of Henderson, city of North Las Vegas, and unincorporated Clark County all have their own programs for these grants. 
I got money from the city of Las Vegas because my business address is in the city. So I don't qualify for the county one. It's only if you're in the unincorporated areas of Clark County. Uh, but I wish I did because it's more than double what the city was offering. So, but yeah, it's $10,000. And basically, it's got the same stipulations that most of the grant programs does. You have to use it for either payroll or rent or direct COVID-related expenses like masks and, uh, you know, protocols and, and, and test, you know, thermometers and whatever stuff that's directly related to COVID for your business. Um, and it's, it's first come, first serve. I mean, this the city had one. I got, I got, I got in early on the city. I, you know, within minutes of the portal opening, I applied with the city of Las Vegas. I got that one. Within minutes of the state one opening, I applied. I got that one. I haven't received the money yet, but I got the email last week saying uh, that uh, it's been awarded to me. Um, so yeah, it's it's free money if your state or county or local municipality is offering the money. Apply. And so far, every application I've done has been a single page. They really just want business name, address, business license number, and federal uh, tax ID number. And then you have to sign saying, you know, that you agree to the rules about how to spend it. But that's it. Literally, I don't, I don't think any application has taken me more than about three minutes to fill out. And it's a grant. They're, it's just they're giving you the money, free money. Like I saw on, on uh, Gavin Newsom's Instagram, they had something about a grant for California. California has $500 million available in reserve funds for grants to small yeah, businesses. And they always reserve the right, and you agree to that they can come audit you and see how you spent the money. So if you go out and, you know, put a down payment on a Porsche, hope you don't get audited because. But you're not, but you're not required, like with the PPP loan, you're required to submit some information that you're not required to with this grant. That is correct. And in, in, in all of these grants, it's no questions unless we ask questions. Otherwise, have a nice day. And I would suspect in the vast majority of cases, they don't have the time or the manpower to go looking for problems. I wonder if I could apply for a grant and get one of those pets to sniff out the COVID when I go to like Walmarts or something like that. So, yeah. You know. yeah, there you go. Hey, have you guys heard of Fidelity Pandemic Relief Services? No. No, it, tell us about it. It's based out of California. Well, I'm asking to see if it's, if it's legit. I got a call yesterday and it's a company, it's a nonprofit company. I looked at their website and it looks cool and I can't find any negative reviews but they basically take all your information. It's a $400 flat fee and they will apply for every single grant that comes available. And they have like eight paralegals. They do all the paperwork for you. You make one of submission with all your information and then they keep track of your state and everything that opens up, they automatically apply for it and get it. And they said they've been averaging five to 25,000 in grants. And okay. so I don't have the resources to even understand that side of it to know what's available or how to find it, but that's what this company is specializing in. And so it's just interesting. I've been trying to research and find out if anybody's been involved with that or not, but it's FPRS, Fidelity Pandemic Relief Services. They've been doing grant work for like 15 years, and then they started specializing in this particular grant writing. Well, my recommendation, if you're going to look for information on anything at all right now, Reddit um, is the way to go. Reddit is now averaging 54 million uh, participants a day right now. It's, it's getting way up there. And I was surprised that Snapchat, Snapchat has 254 million participants a day now. I mean, it, it, but it's nothing compared to Facebook, which is billions. 
but uh, every day um, at Warden, and it's but it's bigger than Twitter, and I never would have thought that until if, unless I would have heard it today. And of course, like I said in the beginning of the show, whatever I say might or may not be true. You know who knows? But uh, it seems that this this came from reliable sources on uh, Amazon Electra on my flash briefing this morning. So and and. Rod, I'll play devil's advocate for a moment. $400 seems pretty reasonable for somebody to do the legwork. But that being said, the City of Las Vegas grant that I received, they emailed me because I have a City of Las Vegas business license. And they said, hey, coming up in a week, we're, we're going to take applications for this grant. FYI, right. be on right. the lookout. And then the state one, I found out because I follow our governor on Twitter and they put the link right on Twitter. And again, it was like in 10 days, we're going to start giving away this money. Be prepared. Um, you know, go fill out the application. So $400 doesn't sound terrible, but yeah, because I mean, it didn't need it in my case. Right. Because it wasn't like, OK, we're going to take a percentage. We're going to take 10 percent of whatever we get you or that kind of thing. And it's even on their website. It says flat rate, one time membership fee. We don't ever charge anything again. You know, so, yeah, I know it's just like but to me, you know, I'm, I've fallen back on construction. So I'm doing construction during the day to make this work because my unemployment has run out now. And so I'm back to swinging a hammer and I'm um, trying to find out whether options I have going into winter now, which is harder. So uh, I don't know that I have the time to research to try to figure out what's available. But yeah, I've thought about that with the getting on the state site and seeing what the governor information, try to follow that at least every couple of days maybe is an idea. Well, and, and, and to your point, I'm not working a, a second job to make ends meet. I'm still at my desk every day. So I was at my desk to get that email. I was at my desk to see that tweet. So for if I were in your shoes, that $400 might might seem pretty appealing for somebody to do the legwork. Yeah, because yeah, they have like all the paralegals, they do all the writing and they send it. And even like I said, well, you know, the SBA only got approved for like two grand. That's not even worth it to me. And they said, oh, oh we can do all the appeals for you. We could probably get that doubled, if not five, you know, and they and I said, we well, already did the PPP. And they said, oh, yeah, well, we're we're watching for it. We know we can get you at least that four grand from the first time. We could probably get you more. We'll do all that paper. Now, my my bank did it for free the first time. Um, so that was great. But they're like, no, we'll jump right on that. And it, you'll be right on the first queue. You'll get it first round. So it's interesting. Yeah. To me, the $400 is like, if I don't have to do anything, you know, I just want to know that they're legit, I guess. Do they have any kind of a guarantee? No, there's no guarantee, but they do a preliminary. Um, you give them all your information, not like social security number or anything like that. They just give them your salary, your employees, your business history, your name and all that stuff. And they, they put it in the computer and then it does a search. And then it's either comes up with a green light or a red light. And they said, if you have a red, that means there's more blocks and it may be more difficult to get your grant. But they said, if it comes up green, then we know that you everything looks legit or whatever with your business. So I don't know. That was sounds like, like a cool service that as long as it makes sense for you that you don't have the time bandwidth or knowledge or whatever the barrier is, that it's, it's something cool that they can make some money on doing and if they can do it in a positive way. It's just it's right. a risk if they're not good at it, but yeah. And to, Rod, if you could did do you say it was FPRS. Yeah, if you yeah. Rod, if you could put it in the chat, just type in what it is, and yeah. okay. uh, and we'll do some research. Tina is really excellent on doing research, uh, and she's got some links that she's going to throw into the into the chat as well. Oh, she's already found something about it on on the Better Business Bureau. 
So if you look at the chat, uh, Tina, you want to add anything? Uh, is it good, bad, indifferent? The voice of God soon to come. Oh, well, that's it. Um, anyway, uh, also, while we're talking about this, Howard Schultz has done this uh, two-minute video, and he's got a call to action. So um, we'll put the link in the in the chat as well. But if you want the letter, if you if you're not on Michael Strickland's mailing list and you want to be, uh, just uh, let let me know and I'll make sure that you get on Michael Strickland's mailing list. Well, we can, we can put the link to his letter website on the chat. Yeah, go ahead. Why don't you find it? I gotta find it though. Because I only have the email. I mean, I guess I could put the link myself into it. But Tina, um, here we go. I've got it right here. I'll just do it. It says, help small businesses now is what it is. And I will put it in the chat for everybody. For those of you who haven't seen it, it's, it's a great little video. But the more important thing is underneath the video that you sign the petition so that we get numbers behind it. And then that you share it on all your social media platforms, share it with all the small business owners that you do business with for them to sign the petition and share it. Because at the end of the day, what really matters to any Congress, any, any member of Congress, whether a representative or senator, is keeping their job. They like their job, most of them, and most of them want to keep it, seems like, for their whole life, for the rest of their life. And when they start seeing 500,000, a million, two million, five million people have signed a petition, all of a sudden that kind of jumps to the forefront of their attention uh, because they know that translates into constituents, which translates into voters and therefore. So make sure you sign it and share it and get all your contacts to sign it and share it. I liked uh, Michael Strickland's uh, explanation about that last week. Uh, if you guys that weren't here, uh, Michael Strickland did a great explanation of what gets their attention on the last week's uh, uh, meeting like this. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, just one thing, a little, little housekeeping tip. On the bottom of the chat, there are three little dots. You'll see three little dots at the bottom of the chat window. Before you leave, click on those and download the chat so you could have it for your, for your own reference later. Okay? That's just a little bit of housekeeping, little cap. So, Ken Porter, what's going on in your world over there? What's going on? What's happening in Nashville? You know? By the way, what are you eating? And I hope you have enough for everybody. Uh, that's all I could say. If you don't have enough for everybody, I don't have to slap your wrist. Oh. Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> Not much going on, just trudging every day, <clears throat> hoping something comes and breaks. Everybody keeps talking about next summer is all we, <clears throat> we know right now. A few streaming things for Christmas stuff going on, and that's about it. Well, I'm still planning on on April for the trade show. That's April, April uh, eight and nine. What what trade show is that, Mike? You know, when you're in the middle of a pandemic and people can't get together, you create a trade show. <laughs> people do. No, so what happened was back in back in so this was the year all the trade shows, all the AV trade shows were going to be in Vegas, right? All all the ones that move around happen to coincide. And there were literally going to be, I think, 12 AV related trade shows or trade shows that have decent AV presence in Vegas. So back in April, when this, when I was thinking, like probably a lot of people that this, you know, well, this will be over by June, July, and we'll be back up and running by August. 
I created a trade show to replace all the ones that got canceled. NAB got canceled, Infocom got canceled, Digital Signage Expo got canceled. Uh, so I created it for September. Um, and then obviously we've now moved it to April of next year. Uh, and I'm still on. So it'll be here in Vegas, April 7 and 8. I'll put, I'll put the link in the chat. You know, one now, thing when I you say, say you created a trade show, what, what's it called and what's it going to involve? So the trade show is called Cavlo, and the website is cavlo.tech. Uh, there it is in the chat. And it's a trade show geared towards entertainment and communication, audio, video, and lighting technology. So not so much classroom or boardroom, uh, although communication, I guess, kind of touches a little bit on that boardroom aspect. But um, basically anything that involves people communicating, whether it's expressing feelings or expressing ideas. Uh, and it's audio, video, and lighting related. And uh, I've already got, I'm not taking any money this year because I don't want to do a tax return for 2020 if I don't have to. Um, so the exhibitors that we have lined up now aren't, I don't consider them official because they haven't put any money down because I won't take it until January. But we've got nine, 10, 10 exhibitors lined up right now already. Um, and uh, got room for like 50 to 55, depending on who wants what booth size. And uh, it'll be right in technically the city of Las Vegas because it's on the north side of Sahara, right off of the strip at the Ahern Hotel. Nice, very, very nice. interesting. You know, I just had this idea. There are 13 million people right now with COVID. 13 million. And now that doesn't mean that all of these people still have COVID right now. I would assume that, and and stop me if where I go astray with my thought process, but 13 million. So, you know, COVID lasts maybe a month. And so this has been going on uh, for a while. So there's got to be many, many, many millions of people that have had COVID that can no longer get it. Wouldn't it be an opportunity for us to put together some sort of event for COVID survivors? <laughs> and then so, we could have the COVID survivor concert. So the only the only flaw I see in your thought, in your thought process, is that people who've had COVID can't get it again because some have gotten it twice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say that's debatable, isn't it, Jan, whether they can get but, it again? Uh, interestingly know. enough, did you guys see the announcement that the CDC has shortened the uh, the quarantine, quarantine time? Yeah, seven to 10 days instead right. of uh, 14 days. Not, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but, uh, you know, you can plan your event sooner, Jan. Well, it's, ah, well. it's, based, it's based on uh, what's been happening, and people apparently are not, you know, reacting as slowly as they thought. Yep. Well, but, and now, now the only challenge is, Jan, you've got to find something that all the COVID survivors want to go see. And it's got to be profitable at 25% capacity. And how do they prove it? Hmm. I have a note from my doctor. <laughs> well, 
that would be one just thing. like the people that don't want to wear masks i have a note from my doctor yeah you got a note from your i don't doctor. think janet thought that far ahead uh, you know I, well oh. it just came to me in a flash you know it was one of these ideas that i had you know it was like the uh, you know my utopian concert where people go and check into a hotel they get tested and then they have to stay at the hotel for a week and then you know they it's like there's a big uh, fairgrounds behind there yeah, that, that's yeah. sealed off and then yeah. you have a big concert you know uh, i think that's still a, a an opportunity you know if people are sitting at home they'd rather sit at a a, a commune somewhere you know that uh, you could go be entertained and have movies and have a real life i mean we're we're the only country that uh, well i shouldn't say we're the only country throughout all of asia right now they're almost all back and back in in real world except that they have no tourists you know, um, Thailand, China, Singapore, um, Malaysia, all of those areas of Vietnam, uh, South Korea, you can't go there, you know, because uh, they're COVID free and they don't want anyone else there. So there is a possibility to put something together. If somebody big enough of Live Nation said, let's do it, you know, then it's possible that something like that could happen. They just so, the so, so Tina just put a bunch of statements about Vegas shows in the in the chat there. Uh, what do you know about uh, the capacity? It sounds like the capacity limits has been changed from 250 to 50 uh, in Vegas. Is that right? And do we have any expectations on when it's going to increase back up? Uh, I don't, um, but there's links to all the shows. So some Mike Brown usually knows more about this than, than, than I would. Yeah. That was, that was the governor's, uh, the governor changed our limits back down last week based on our climbing counts. Um, and the hope, uh, at least at the time he announced it, he said it was for three weeks. Uh, it's a, it's a three week, you know, kind of, he called it a pause, but it's like a three week, not a shutdown, but a tamping down to try and break break the spike it's not gonna it, you know flattening the curve isn't really the thing anymore it's just sort of getting the curve to be the minor curve that it was two months ago yeah hey tim well, Jan, we, yeah go ahead. so so you're you're talking about getting events together um i'm working on a major project in dc uh, in washington dc uh january and february and we actually pulled out of DC the week of inauguration because the hotel rooms had tripled, quad, tripled to quadrupled in price on what they are the week before and what they are the week after inauguration. So I'm not for sure if they are planning, you know, a big scale inauguration or anything, but the hotel rooms have just spiked tremendously all over the DC metro area that week, which tells me that they're anticipating a large crowd in DC. Yeah, I mean, th isn't that uh, definitely true that there's going to be an inauguration and it's going to be big? Uh, no, I spoke with I spoke with Rich Benning, who does a lot of the stages in that area, um, you know, um, and he was telling me that uh, he hasn't gotten bookings yet for that for for the inauguration. Um, everything's on hold right now. They're waiting to see what's going to happen. So I don't know. Uh, I, I, I thought I had heard that, uh, you know, the sound system and so forth was already booked and it was going to be big, just like sort of usual, uh, but I guess, I guess well, not. they're building, they're building right now the gallery, um, outside the white house for that. 
but they don't know how many people are going to, sh- they, they just don't know what, what Biden's going to do in regards to that, because he's been, he's been staying pretty true to form on the isolation and the masks. But so it's, 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 I guess they're building it, but it's premature to say anything about it at this point in time. It's the Capitol building, right? It's not the White House where the inauguration uh, takes it's place. It's the White House. The irony is nope. this really? is being built outside of Trump's bedroom. So it wakes oh, shit. up. That's not where is that that's not where the that's inauguration just, always takes place, is it? No. The swearing in takes place that the the dais that you see in the stage, that's right by the White House. Then the the president elect, or at that point technically the president, walks down Pennsylvania Avenue to the Capitol for lunch with Congress. Oh, uh, interesting. I thought it took place at the Capitol building. Silly no, me. No, the Diaz is on the west wing of the Capitol. They they bring it they bring it off the Capitol. They take two windows out. They come they step out of the second or third floor window onto it off of the Capitol, and then they walk back into lunch. Yeah. Speaking about the election, has anyone in the room been offered a pardon? Anybody other than me? No. The question is: Has any is there anybody left here who hasn't been offered a pardon? <laughs> None of my felonies were federal. Yeah, Tim, that's some good news you gave us there about the the pre-testing. Why don't you tell everybody that wasn't reading the chat? Uh, A swingers convention in New Orleans, of all places. Imagine that. Normally, it's a couple thousand people. This year, it was limited to 250. You had to either pre-test for active illness and be negative or have an antibody test that showed you were previously positive and have presumably recovered. Uh, it was a four-day event, and apparently they're blaming uh, mask and PPE compliance failure uh, on the last night of the event when everyone took off, apparently, their mask as well as their clothes. So, uh, but out of that 250 people, 41 have tested positive. One was serious enough to be hospitalized for more than a day, and the promoter says, oh, my God, if I thought this was going to happen, I never would have done my show. But, uh, you know, so it's so- a swingers convention and they thought everybody would keep their mouth covered. Yeah, I make no judgments. I, I just report the news. I don't create it. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, that's 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 crazy talk. It's just crazy talk. That, then you know. my second comment, how did New Orleans steal that from Las Vegas? <laughs> just lucky, I guess. Well, fortunately, well, no, actually, for no, us, it, we have plenty of uh, we have plenty of you know like pop up uh, swinger swinger events. You know, that's a city bus. <laughs> no, but I, I think this points to the bigger concern that here are 250 people, so it's a, a just slightly over a tenth of as large as usual, uh, and they still have problems with audience compliance, and until we get a huge number of people vaccinated. That's going to continue to be, I think, our challenge here in, in the entertainment industry. Uh, and as technicians, employers, employees, there's not a lot we have control over other than what we do for ourselves and require of our coworkers and, and colleagues. But, you know, until we get the cheering squad out there going rah, rah, wear your mask, wash your hands, stay six feet apart. You know, until we do a better, as, at least as good a job of selling this as we sell laundry detergent and beer to each other you know, th- this is what's going to happen. And well, habits, are, habits are hard to change. There's an argument out there that, that I think has some validity to it, that it's actually going to get worse in the next few weeks because of the vaccine, 
everybody's going to go, oh, great, we have a vaccine. I don't have to wear my mask anymore. Or maybe not quite so blatantly, but oops, I forgot my mask at home. Oh, never mind. There's a vaccine now. So just this one time, I won't wear it. Um, and that's that's what a lot of that's why a lot of people are predicting that December, January, and into February are actually going to be worse from a mortality standpoint because infections are going to go absolutely berserk because yeah. of people I thinking we don't need it. People anymore. are regaining confidence in being loose about their they're, they're uh, about in the confidence spread of their in being germs. Stupid. Well, well they're going to spread germs uh, wildly. Well, the, the thing is, that it's already compliance fatigue is already a real thing, and. I, I think Mike is right. There's going to be some people who just say, oh, shoot, everything's instantly better, you know, but these are the people who weren't going to wear their mask anyway. You know, they're just but, looking, you for know, an I mean, we, but, we know that the vaccine is not going to take effect immediately anyway. It's going to take, what, three or four weeks a after the first probably, shot, yeah. because there's two shots, two shots and it's a week after the second shot that it, the, uh, you know, the, it actually the takes Pfizer effect. is a two shot solution. The rest are all one shot. Oh, is that right? I thought it was. Mo I thought Moderna two was shots. two shots, and Jensen and Johnson and Astra were only one shot. Moderna is two shots. The first one can be smaller, basically a half size. Is the current the way they're pitching it, based right now to uh, the FDA? I see. I no. I I think Mike is right, though. I think that this this will be a tremendous excuse or just a sense of relief for some people to say, "Ah, oh, screw the mask," or oh, "Whoops, I forgot." Uh, for the rest of us, if you're young enough, which in this room looks like there still could be a few where you're not going to be among the first wave or second wave of average citizens to get vaccinated, it's going to be potentially dangerous, actually, because, uh, you know, just because this thing may not kill you outright, it can damage your lungs forever. So, you know, but yeah, I, I definitely think that there's going to be people who just look at this and go, oh, the panic is over. And it's not, and it's not going to be until probably, you know, optimistically a year from now. I think, though, that we probably can have enough enough immunity going on and hopefully enough compliance that maybe, you know, that Live Nation is right and we can be doing some events this summer. I'd love to see it happen. You know, uh, I'd love to do a St. Patrick's Day show, but I don't think that that's going to happen yet. April. April, you know, and, and I think the other thing too, Mike, is how hard is it to sort out those people that blow off masks because of, uh, because they see the vaccine as a panacea and the people who were all going to go out and still have their family gatherings at Christmas or go skiing over the holidays or whatever it is they're going to go do, uh, you know, take a cruise, <laughs> but yeah, uh, we're going to see big bumps this winter. We're going to see people dying up to Valentine's day. And, you know, maybe by then, you know, we'll have got uh, folks attuned to the idea that their behavior controls their ability to not be ill. Well, I think there are two things that are going to happen, or, and one has already happened, or, or basically they both have already happened, but we just haven't seen the outcome yet. One is that all of these people that went home for Thanksgiving, and if what they say is, you know, accurate, there's going to be a huge... Um, there's going to be huge increase in cases. And the other thing that Scott Atlas is gone from the White House right now. And so it's possibility that that people are going to, you know, saner heads are going to get together and say, hey, we really need to wear a mask. You know, you know, that's it. Trump's still in office. I'm not giving any hope for saner minds, but seeing Atlas <laughs> out of there doesn't hurt. Yeah. You know, Bruce, Bruce Fallis, you've, you've been in a meeting. I haven't heard you say two words. Come on, say something. What do you got? What do you got to offer? 
Nothing really. I'm just enjoying the enjoying the view. <laughs> yeah. It's been great to listen in. That's for sure. Well, we do make it. We we do make it. We do make it amusing. That's for sure. You know, <laughs> and, and we we're we're taking a bad. You know, we're making the best of a bad situation. And 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 you know, and and uh, um, I actually got a text message from a, a guy in Italy. Um, who told me that he listened to last week's show. And even though he's not in the industry, he found it fascinating and charming and entertaining. And he's telling his friends. Um, uh, fortunately for me or for him, he didn't speak any English whatsoever, but he thought it was very good. He liked the, he liked the cadence of our voices. Um, and, you know, and you know what? You know what? It's, there's a celebration that uh, needs to take place because I think a little birdie told me that it's, Paul Wallace's birthday today. Is that right, Paul? Is it your birthday today? Well, Paul, what little Paul, birdie have you been talking to? Microphone going. What little birdie have you been talking to, Eric? Facebook. I think birdie. his name was Facebook. <laughs> Man, I got so many, so many people saying what, happy birthday. I can't keep up. I, my, my full-time job today is saying thank you to the people who, who said text said on Facebook that. Happy birthday! I cannot keep up. I'm a, I'm a, at least a hundred people behind right now. That's fantastic. Well, is it your birthday? Exactly. You got it. It's my birthday. Seventy six. I'm a, I'm a seventy sixer right. now. Even though well, I don't live birthday, in Philadelphia. Paul. Happy birthday to you. Well, seventy sixer. Happy birthday. Paul, I've got a question for you. You're you're a ham operator, and you speak to people all over the world. What are you hearing from as far as what they're saying in regarding COVID? Ham, ham radio operators are not really talking too much about COVID. My call is Kilo Alpha 6 Alpha Tango November. We're on a, something called All Star now. The All Star Network has taken over ham radio. The old timers, not so hot about it. The new guys, the kids, it's something to kind of throw a crumb to them, you know, because it's connected to the internet. You could talk to people through the internet. It's not really native ham radio because native ham radio, you talk You're direct, not on you talk 40 meters, talk or 15 meters, 40 or meters or 80 meters, you know, or 20 meters or 15 or whatever. But you know, it's, you gotta, we gotta do, we gotta have a crumb to throw to the kids cause they're not, they're not jumping into ham radio. They're on. So, so what, Paul, where are you? Where, on, where are you based? Six is California, right? Aren't you? In California? Yeah, I got my call out in San Francisco, but uh, uh -huh. uh, that's just because I had a house in Occidental, California, and uh, I had a self. I've had a cell phone company before. Cell phones were cool. Wow. And I I drove into San Francisco and sweated out the tests back when you had to sweat it out, you know, before before you called your buddy over to, to to slap you on the back and say oh you pass you know back then it was hard you had to know morse code now they even eliminated so, morse yeah code. that's amazing so what class what class are you paul i'm a general my father was a kilo two uh ida queen x-ray yeah he was in uh two land which is yeah new, new york new jersey right yeah, he was new in new jersey, jersey yeah, yeah he was an advanced he got sqv there you go new york and I had KN2 RXV. Yeah. Wow. What did you let it go or what? I yeah. Well, I was a I novice, did. so I just let it go. I was only there. I was big go. in. I was big into. To, 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 I, yeah, I had an FCC class license. 
since when I was 13. And then I, wow. and then I found girls and drugs and that was the end of that. Uh, <laughs> that was the end too. of that. <laughs> you know, not one girl that I talked to, I said, well, yeah. I got an FCC license. Uh, well, uh, I was doing, I was yeah. doing about 15 words a minute when I was doing CW with my bug that I built. Yeah, yeah. In instant deal killer when it comes to girls. Ham radio. Hey, let's talk about Morse code. See ya. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I had to stop dating girls that when I didn't want them to understand what I was saying, I was spelling the words. You know, I, I had to stop doing that, you know. Uh, it's like a dog, you know, if I want to talk to my dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's great, Paul. Well, so happy seventy six to you. Yeah, I'm a seventy sixer now, even though I'm not a fan of the Philadelphia seventy sixers. I guess this year I will be a fan of the Philadelphia seventy sixers for one year. Okay, you can do that. You let it well, go. Everybody right? in the room has to be a fan of the Heat now. Are you kidding? You know, we we are, well, well, on the upside, the season's so short that you won't have to be a fan for a very long time. Well, true, true, thing. true. Okay. Hey, well, thing. speaking speaking of the heat, so I looked up the presidential inauguration on Wikipedia. I put the link in the in the chat. Uh, it sure does seem to me like maybe it happens at the Capitol building. It does happen at the Capitol building. Look at the picture. Yeah. I think, I think, I think thought, Trump's going to have his own inauguration. I think. He, I thought, I thought somebody was saying they were taking place at the White House. I think that's, Trump's going to go to Mar-a-Lago Mar and declare that the new White House. And have it have an alternate universe inauguration uh, in Miralago. Yeah, is yeah. it Mar-a-Lago or Miralago? Mar-a-Lago. It's a hyphen. Mar Just uh, as long as he stays there in Mar-a-Lago, right, Paul? Yeah. yeah, as long as he stays. Anyway, let's see. So you know, Trump will be able to claim that he had more people at his inauguration than Biden had at his. No That's doubt he'll have more people. Well, there's a, there's a, you know, look, you can't you can't underestimate his ability to, to raise money. He raised one hundred and seventy million dollars from all of his supporters right now. So he could use it on anything he wants, anything he wants. Doesn't Trump even have TV. Here comes Trump University. Oh, I, did that I don't really think that I don't think that, that you're going to see Trump TV. And I really think that Fox, I don't think I, you know, we, we have a lot to talk about, but let's try to keep this into something else. I I'm John, you know, John Lackner, you're in the room. Is there anything you want to share with anybody? Seeing you haven't said anything all day. Keep it clean, John. Keep it clean. Okay. Um, who could read He's lips because clean. John's muted. Anybody here read lips? We'll just have a, an interpreter. He hold needs on, a signer on. next to him. You're doing sign, sign like. All right, can I'll you do, hear me? I'll do we hear signing you now. for him. Oh, okay. Well, I just kind of stepped in. You know, I got thrown off by these uh, uh, time zones and um, kind of just been listening to everybody. I don't know. What have you guys been talking about? I mean, <laughs> what you, what you guys, I, just I just got on here a few minutes ago. So We were talking about getting PET scans. That's what uh, we were really talking about, you know. It's, uh, mm. The, the pets are going in and out of, uh, you know, they're going to be the, they're going to be the savior of ours. Uh, you know, that's where it's going to be at, you know? Well, anyway, uh, it's been kind of slow for me. Everything I've been doing has been illegal because it's impossible to get a permit for anything. So uh, well, <laughs> where, where are you based, that. John? It's, Los Angeles. You know. What part of Los Angeles? Uh, hey, I, I'm based in San Pedro, you know, but I'm here, there and everywhere, you know, not as long as it's not uh, cool. too far. Yeah, Los Angeles is getting pretty strict these days, right? Very strict. Uh, anything that involves being within six feet of another person is illegal. So, uh, 
uh, you know, everything. Restaurants are shut down. You name it, it's shut down. So, um, you know, I've just been trying to uh, change my skill set. You know, the weird thing about it is I'm applying for entry-level jobs at 63 years old. So uh, it's kind of awkward sometimes, you know. Well, at you least you're successful at any of those applications? Nothing yet, you know. I mean, I've applied for a few things and like they don't even they just reply that they got the application. That's about it. Yeah, I get a lot. Well, we received replication. We decided to pursue somebody that's a better fit for the position. That's not what I get 90 percent of the time. Uh huh. Any other 10 percent is no response. I'm applying for a position as Austin regional sales rep for one of you guys. Oh, really? What's there to sell? I mean, who's buying? I'll 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 cover the Austin market for any one of you guys. If you got equipment to sell, I was the top computer salesman in Austin for ten years. Average three to five million dollars a year. So if you need a sales rep, I'll be your sales rep in Austin, the live music capital of the world. Wow. Yeah, I like Austin. I've been there a couple of times. You know, it's like the uh, San Francisco of the South. It's, it's the blueberry and the strawberry patch. Yeah. Is somebody vacuuming in the background? That's what, uh, you know. Sounds like it, yeah. Yeah. Which uh, means, you know, uh, so that's it. Sean, are you in the room or are you, uh, are you on the phone? Or do you have something you want to say? Well, maybe not. I think he's on the phone. He looks good, though. He looks like he's got his COVID haircut on. Are you talking to me, Jim? Yeah, yeah, I'm talking to you. I'm I'm dictating a proposal to our assistant in the other room. I'm sorry about that. How are you guys doing today? All right. So who's sharing a screen here? Who's sharing the window? That's me. I was showing the uh, Capitol building. Does anyone does anyone want to see what doing PPP loan forgiveness paperwork looks like? That's all I'm doing all day today. Okay. <sighs> Yeah. Uh, by the way, wait, the, the, Sean. The, there's not the an online form for that. The, the inauguration, I believe. I don't. I, I asked the inauguration do all my the Capitol or the White all House. Capitol building. Capitol building. I've been at the Capitol for years. <clears throat> so, how is it going with that PPP loan? With my application, uh, for yes. Yes. I mean, I'm expecting 100% of it to be forgiven, but it's very good. Well, I forgive you. You know, bless you. A lot of paperwork, like my hair today. Yeah, well, it's the COVID look. It's, it's, the COVID the, look. it's the best, John. It's the COVID look. Oh, by the way, today is a. It's Vlogmas. Did you guys know that it's Vlogmas? That this is the month, you know, every day if you're a vlogger, that you've got to put out a vlog every day. So it's Vlogmas day. It's It's the second day of Vlogmas. And so if you're not, if you're a vlogger and you, and you're negligent, uh, you haven't been out there vlogging today. Uh, as soon as we get off this call, you should go out and vlog. Anyway, we're going to, let's, let's, let's kind of wrap this thing up now. I think if anybody has anything else to say, um, anybody, anybody have anything burning that they want to share that they haven't shared yet? Just that I've been totally negligent as a vlogger on vlogger day. All right, very good. Ken, anybody? Anybody have anything you want to say? All right. Now, Ken, you know, one of the things that we do is we share things about, we share things about, you know, if there's anything that you've found this week outside of the entertainment business, you know, that's worth sharing. And Ken, you found an app 
that you wanted to share with somebody, right? Well, I saw this app and I was wondering if anybody had it. I saw just an ad for it and it looked uh, really cool because it allows you to kind of erase people from your pictures very easily and quickly. It's called Light Leap. Anybody heard of it? It's probably a piece of shit that I am like, uh, you know, advertising here, but I just saw a little blurb on my phone it popped up on like maybe Facebook or something that Light Leap is a very interesting little app. And I thought, well, I should check around and see if anybody I know is using this thing, because if they are, it's probably pretty cool. But if they're not, it's probably a piece of crap. Anybody? I want to say I've right. heard something online. I, I okay. want to say I've heard something online about that. And specifically because it eliminates people from the picture. <laughs> right? Like something good or something bad. Maybe that was a, maybe a lot like was COVID a is eliminated a lot. Something that I happened on or something. I don't know. But. It's a lot like COVID. It's eliminated a lot of us from the picture. Maybe that's what the app should be called. You know? Right. But, <laughs> but I, well, I saw a movie on Netflix. You know, I'm always looking for something. You know, I want to see something. I like action movies and, you know, and there's a movie out on, I, I, I doubt it ever made it to the theater. It's called Guns, G-U-N-S. And I can't even tell you who is in it, but it is an exploitation film uh, of um, uh, supposedly Eric, I'll tell you, Eric Estrada is the lead bad guy in the movie. That's that's how bad the movie is. But the reality is, is that there's four that's really bad. hot looking women. What was that? bad if that's eric estrada bad. is the lead bad guy right that's yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. bad i mean that's what you know, it, it's almost it almost pays to and chuck mccann is is an fbi agent that's how bad this movie is but there are four really hot babes in the movie and they all they all show skin and it's uh you know it's uh it's a funny movie it's a it's a good nostalgia movie it's a it's a good movie to laugh about it'll 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 entertain you for sure and they're all anyway i want to thank you all for coming Dan's place right now all yeah. those four lovely ladies are house guests at Jan's palatial. Well, right Las now they're Vegas probably estate. 85, you know, and it's like that old joke where, you know, you, you meet a girl at the bar that's 40 and, you know, and she says to you, have you ever had a mother daughter combination? And you say no. And you go back to her house and you get to her house and she flips on the light and says, hey, Ma, put your teeth in. We got guests, you know, so. There you have it. So with that in mind, we'll say, hey, 73, 6, 2, and even. Um, and I want to thank you all for coming. And we'll do this again next week. And I really appreciate you. Remember to, you know, click the like button, share it with your friends. Uh, it's very entertaining, uh, as, as I've been told. I believe it is. I like it myself. I like all you guys. I feel very, very comfortable being around you. And I really do appreciate everything that you bring to this picture because without you, I'd be here alone. And that is something I really don't like. I'm doing enough alone time as it is. And I think right now it's more important to share with like-minded people and ideas and have a good time about it than, and, than anything else you could possibly do until we can get all back on our feet. And, uh, and, and hey, Jan, I have a quick question. Yes, go ahead. Um, when we save the chat, where does it go? It goes on your computer. When you click those three dots, it'll go on your computer somewhere. Uh, but, and and, and if, it's, if it's a Macintosh, if it's a Macintosh, it'll that window where it's saved will right. pop up as soon as you uh, close the chat. OK, great. Yeah, Thanks. go to it's chat just... and hit Control-A and then hit Control-C. It'll be on your clipboard. Then go to wherever you want to dump it and hit Control-V. It'll paste it right in there. There All you right, go. thanks.
And with, with that, I'm not going to say goodbye to you yet. I'm saying goodbye to those people on Facebook and YouTube. Adios, muchachos. Adios, and, muchachos. And That's now, what Rick Perry said when they pulled him over for a traffic stop. <laughs> and there we go. And now it's we're off the air.